the Word of God is powerful. To illustrate, consider the story of Amir Bazimju. He was a devout Muslim who believed that Jesus was a prophet, but certainly could not be the Son of God. Then someone gave Amir a Bible, and everything started to change. First few pages, Jesus changed my mind to see differently. And I do remember uh, when I prayed to Jesus for the first time in my life, and I said to him, uh, if you are really real, just uh, change my life. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in the studio today, not in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, but in another studio. We're thankful for that uh, with Amir Bazimju. Amir is the founder and president of Torch Ministries. He has been involved in outreach and pastoral ministry among Persians, Iranians, for more than 20 years. Amir, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd, for having me. I want to say one other thing about you, Amir. You are the husband of Rasheen Sudmond, who has also been on VOM Radio. So some of our listeners are familiar with her her story. Her father was martyred in Iran. So now it's nice to have the other half of that couple on VOM Radio. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, let's talk first about your story, how you yeah. came to faith in Christ, because you were a Muslim living in Iran. Yes. And now you're a follower of Jesus. How did that happen? Yeah. So I was born in uh, Iran, Esfahan, and also I uh, uh, was born in a Muslim family, Shia Muslim family, and I brought up uh, uh, in Islamic Shia tradition. As a baby, I nearly lost my life uh, in car accidents, uh, but God saved me. And years later, when I heard about that, it made me to follow God. It made me to seek God who I believe saved me. I began my search in Islam and I practiced all uh, uh, Islamic law and I kept all Islamic Sharia law. So meaning you were very devout. You, you did the five-time day, yeah. every day you prayed. Yeah. You were really seeking yeah. Allah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I became uh, quite fanatic Muslim when I was about 14 years old. And even I turned to Sufism, uh, a mystic version of Islam, to find God and come close to him and find him. Let's unpack that a little bit. What What is Sufism? How is it different from regular, <laughs> what we might call regular Shiite Islam, and, and what was it about Sufism that drew you? Like, like this is going to get me closer to Allah. Yeah. Basically, uh, Sufism may be best described as Islamic mysticism, which through belief and practice help, helps Muslims come close to Allah by the way, the way of direct personal experience of God or pursuing a path that leads uh, to closeness with God. And also, Islamic mysticism has rooted mostly in Greek philosophy. And uh, try to answer those uh, mystery, fundamental uh, questions that human can not answer. 
them rationally and try to find those hidden answers for the human, for the for God, and so on. Yeah. So let me ask you a question because you said you were a very devout Shiite Muslim. Yeah. And yet you didn't feel like you were close to Allah. You want you wanted to get closer. You wanted to have more of an experience of Him. Yeah. It seems to me that that's the same path that leads some people to Jesus because they want to have a personal relationship with God. They want to to have an experience of him. Yeah. Why did you first go to Sufism to try to find that? Or, or what was it about Sufism that you thought, this is the path, I'm, I'm going to experience God now? Yeah. My father was a Sufi, okay. and uh, I was looking to find God and come to him and find him and have a personal relationship with him, but I couldn't find, uh, you know, God in Islam to be honest. And uh, my father was Sufi, and uh, he, he asked me to join the Sufism. But unfortunately, I couldn't find, still find God <laughs> there. You're still looking. Uh, looking, and I was really thirsty for God, hungry for God to find who he is. Because as I said, I have heard that God saved my life from mm-hmm. that accident. And it made me to seek him, you know, to find him. That's what? why I became very, very fanatic Muslim in terms to seeking Allah, seeking God's will, and so on. And the thing that, again, that, that really strikes me is that hunger to know, like, I want to know God. I've I've tried Shiism. I've done all the prayers for that. That didn't work. Okay, now I've tried Sufism. I really wanted to have this experience of God. That didn't work. Yeah. So how did Jesus come and say, wait, you can have that experience, but but this is the path. I am the way. When I was 19 years old, for, for the first time, I have received a gospel in Farsi, Bible in Farsi, Persian language. But I had a struggle to read the Bible because I thought Christianity is uh, fake and Bible is distorted and it comes from human sources. And so, so all the things that you had been told about the Bible, yeah, you were like, I, I don't trust this book. Yeah, because, because I believe Islam was the perfect religion. I had a struggle to read Bible. I'm fascinated by this idea that I knew Islam was the true religion, and yet you had tried two different types of Islam and hadn't hadn't found satisfaction, hadn't found peace, but still that teaching that the Bible has changed, this is false, that was so strong in you that you still kind of fought against the gospel. And it took time to convince myself to read gospel. (laughs) But anyway, I just just began to read from Gospel of John, Matthew. Uh, While I was reading in the first few pages, Jesus changed my mind to see differently. And I do remember when I prayed to Jesus for the first time in my life, and I said to him, I do believe in you as a prophet, because you are prophets, but not son of God, uh, but Christians. And the gospel, your gospel, your word says you are son of God, son of man and savior. But I cannot understand that. But if you are true, uh, if you are really real, you know, change my life, you know. Just I pray, very simple pray. And after pray, I would say, Jesus answered my prayer immediately, immediately. Wow. He transformed me to the new person with new heart, with new understanding, with new insight, who God is. 
And it was really fascinating and amazing. And I changed all of a sudden. I'm transferred to the new person and uh, my family, they have noticed that, that I'm changed. I'm completely changed. Uh, and uh, Talk about some of those changes. Like, like what were the things that they noticed that were different about you? Yeah. From right uh, of my Christian journey, I felt that God called me to serve him, preach and teach his gospel. A year later of my convention, when I was 20 years old, I had a dream. God spoke to me that dream. I saw myself held a big flaming torch in my hand, right hand. I was running through different groups and peoples who were ex- scattered. And they were seems to be uh, uh, in darkness, distress, hopeless. And when I was running through those groups, large groups, I have seen that uh, the torch, the flaming torch in my hand was bringing hope, uh, restoration, and uh, change. So at the same time on that dream, I heard the voice of the Lord that says, whom shall I send? And I repeated, I'm ready, Lord, send me. And after that dream, basically everything changed in my life. Now is about 27 years ago past, and that dream is front of my eyes when I think about it. And God called me to serve him through that dream because I was 19 years, 20 years old, and God spoke to me through that dream to confirm my calling to serve him. That's why my, my conversion involving with the ministry, it was really very short time after a year, to be honest. I just uh, submit my, uh, myself to the Lord and uh, be- begun to serve him in different areas. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Amir Bazimjew. He is the founder and the president of Torch Ministries. Uh, Amir, your family was pretty accepting of your new faith. Yes. That's not always the case in Iran, as as you know well. Yeah. What what's the normal response or what's the other side of the coin when someone says, I'm not a Muslim anymore, I'm following Jesus Christ? And and is it typically their family that's upset about that? Is it the government? Is it both? What, what does persecution look like in Iran? Iranian um, love God and love Jesus as a prophet, major prophet. And uh, when someone converts to Christianity from Shia Islam, Usually they uh, they face uh, systematic persecution from the government, not from the uh, families. There are some, it depends where they are living, uh, there are some uh, persecutions and discrimination, oppositions against them from the, from the family, but the most uh, are fine because uh, they love Jesus as a prophet. Most persecution, systematic persecution, is um, coming from the authority mm-hmm. in Iran. From the government. Yes. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Amir Bazamjew, Pastor Amir Bazamjew, the founder and president of Torch Ministries. He's been involved in outreach and pastoral ministry among Persians for more than 20 years. Amir, I want to go back to the to the Sufism question. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Because it— it's unique. We we don't yeah. have a lot of guests who yeah. have come out of a Sufi background. Yeah. Did you find in Jesus the things you were looking for in Sufism, that that kind of personal experience and that personal connection to God? And 
the reason I ask that is because it seems like we should be sharing the gospel with Sufis because they're they're looking for what Jesus offers. They're looking for that that personal experience that I want to I want to know God. I want to experience Him. And it seems like we as Christians should be able to say, <laughs> we we know how you can do that. We know how you can accomplish that goal. So just talk a little more about that and about how the things that you looked for in Sufism were found in Christ. Sufism provided the path uh, for a person that he or she can come close to God in terms of spirituality, you know, intimacy with God and be united with him. There is no any any specific descriptions of God, who he is there. Uh, they are loving someone that they don't know who he is. Uh, just uh, they can imagining who God is, but there is no any clear picture, clear image of God, who he, who he is. Mm-hmm. It was really fascinated to me when I read the gospel, Jesus introduced God to me as a father, as a heavenly father. I was as a Sufi, you know, <laughs> I said, oh, God is my father. Which that, that concept is not in Islam no, at all. Like there's no all, concept of not God. Not at all. In Islam, you say Allah, Allah is living in a heaven. You cannot approach names easily. You have to go through the prophets. You know, you have to go through the imams to find God uh-huh. or to please God or to, you know, to, to obey his will and so on. So, so the so, idea that God is a father who wants a relationship with you, he wants you to approach him yeah. is revolutionary. Yeah. You know, the gospel of Jesus gives us a clear picture of God who is, you know, the love of God, who God is, and uh, what he has done for us. You know, we have clear picture. But in Sufism, they are looking for God, but there is no any clear picture. I had many conversations with Sufi people. Uh, you, see, you, you are looking, you are loving God, you are approaching God, you want to seek God, you come close to him, but you don't know who he is. You don't know who he is. But in Christianity, there God is available. You know, God is there. God is waiting. The picture of God is clear. I mean, God is mystery, to be honest. When, you, mm-hmm. when we were talking about academy, God is mystery. But in Christ, Jesus came to show the Father who mm-hmm. God is. And Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The Father, like, exactly. Like, I, I represent him. I, yeah. I am a picture of him. So I want to encourage our listeners, if, if you have friends who are Muslims, just think about that. Think about that, that desire to connect with God and the idea that God is, is unapproachable versus the idea that God sent his son specifically to approach us, to, to build that bridge. Uh, Amir, what does your ministry look like today? Because you, you don't live in Iran anymore. Yeah. Um, what, what is Torch Ministries? What does your ministry look like today? Our vision is uh, to see Persian speakers be transformed, disciple, and trained, and serving the kingdom of God. And uh, our mission is to strengthen, equip, and train uh, persecuted churches, church leaders, discipleship makers uh, through satellite TV, media, online, in-person conferences, meetings, and so on. And let's talk specifically about the leadership training aspect of this, because we, we've had other guests from the Iranian church, other people involved in leadership training. Yeah. Why is that such a significant thing for the Iranian church to train up leaders, to equip them, 
train them, make them ready to step into leadership roles? After Islamic Revolution 1979, Christianity basically is young. You know, the people coming, right. emerging Christians, they are uh, young uh, Christians. And uh, God is doing amazing work inside the country among Iranian outside in diaspora. They are uh, new Christians, you know, they are, they are young Christian, and they need training. They need discipleship training. They need leadership training. And some of them, are, uh, they have a call to come to the ministry to serve Lord, but they don't have any training, proper training. It's so crucial. It's so crucial for, for Iranian Christians to be trained, to be discipled and transformed. That's why they are able to help others in a better way. So it's very, very important. Uh, there are many, many Iranians coming to the Lord. But on the other hand, we will see that the lack of uh, discipleship could uh, push them to leave, you know, the Christian faith, you know. And it's so important to have a proper training, proper discipleship for them, for the future of Iran. Do most people in Iran who would make the decision to follow Christ, yeah. do they know this is going to be a costly decision when, when they come to faith? I have heard many stories. Uh, those uh, Christians are living in Iran, and when they become Christian, they will first persecution. But they fall in love in Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. They say we are ready to face persecution. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Amir Bazimju. He is the founder and president of Torch Ministries. They are involved in discipling Iranian Christians. Uh, Amir, and I know you may not be able to answer this fully because of security concerns, but obviously— you don't live in Iran. It's hard for them to come to you. It's hard for you to go to them. What does this look like on a practical level? Like, how do you disciple someone when you can't sit across a table from them like like we're sitting across a table now? We have different ways to reach them out. I'm not able to say all of them because of the security. <laughs> yes, we don't want to say all of them. <laughs> there are different approaches and ways we are reaching them out for uh, for Christ. I would say that one of the best way to reach them out it is um, satellite TV, because every household in Iran has a satellite dish and watching Christian Channel from outside. And I'm involving uh, every month in live program to teaching and preaching the gospel. Also, online training. We have online training, many conferences online, and also in person um, as well. We have had uh, Dr. Hormoz Shariat on VOM Radio, and I'll never forget his comparison. He said, in, in America, Christian TV is like ice cream. It's extra. You know, we go to church on Sunday, and if we have Christian TV, that's like dessert. But he said, in Iran, it's like bread. It, they can't go it's to church food. on Sunday. It is, it is their <laughs> staple, food, yeah. staple uh, yeah. to, to grow the church and to grow their spiritual life. So, And you're involved in, in that teaching. So... Do you hear feedback? And, and what does that feedback look like? Uh, basically, God opened uh, the door uh, for us um, since 2009, about 10, 11 years. Uh, myself and Rush and my wife, we have been involved with TV ministry. And during these years, we were on air all the time and teaching and preaching the gospel. And we have we have heard many, many feedbacks, stories, Every month, every weeks, about uh, how is important, how is important Christian Channel can, um, you know, 
teach and preach the gospel because as as you said they the one of the only I would say the way that uh, Christian can survive spiritually you know and grow up in Christ because they need to feed themselves mm-hmm. from somewhere the books the the literatures are not available to them right. you know and it's important for people there are no building churches still open in Iran right yeah. that are, that are having services in Farsi there there's there is not a church in Iran that you could go down the street and say, "Oh, hey, I'm going to church." That's yeah, how I'll get disciples. Almost the, all the churches uh, who had sermon in Persian language closed down, and those churches are opening. They are speaking in Assyrian or, or Armenian, and they are not allowed to preach mm-hmm. or teach in Farsi. The only way that Iranian converts feed themselves is online or TV or. TV. or Alternative, very uh, limited way to come and train, you know, to contact them, yeah. So when we talk about Christian TV being bred, that's what we mean. There there aren't churches. Those resources are not available to them. Let me ask you a question about your your father-in-law. Pastor Hossein Sudman was martyred in 1990, uh, executed by order of the Iranian government. He actually was not just murdered out on the street but was— formally executed. Yeah. How do you think of his legacy? Because you are, in some ways, you're a carrier of his legacy, even though you didn't know him. Uh, but obviously, you married his daughter. Uh, you are now carrying on that legacy. How do, you, how do you think of him, and how do you think of his legacy? He is one of my role models in terms of his kindness, his behavior, his passion for God. He was very passionate for Jesus and for his kingdom. So he is one of my heroes. He's one of my role models. I wish I could see him. And as you mentioned, he had faced trouble. The The church leaders in Iran said, maybe it's time for you to go somewhere else, go someplace safe. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is where my flock is, and I'm the shepherd, and I'm going to stay here and stay with my flock. Uh, for those of you who are interested in learning more about Pastor Hossein Sudman, uh, we have had Rasheen on VOM Radio. You can listen to those conversations, vomradio.net slash Rasheen, R-A-S-H-I-N. And uh, you can hear her talk about her dad and some of the same things you said. He loved the Lord. He loved people. She talked about how much he yeah. loved and, and just people were drawn to him because of that love that he's shown. Amir, as we finish up, we we always try to equip people to pray. So give us maybe two or three specific ways that we can pray for Iran and pray for the church in Iran right now. Please do pray for Iranian persecuted leaders, uh, disciple makers, Christians uh, who are really under pressure in Iran and um, just pray for them. And also for God's kingdom among Persian, among Iranian, that God expand, develop his kingdom among them. And many of them uh, will be saved and transform and train and serving others. Amen. And I would also add to that list just... Let's pray this week, especially for Sufi Muslims who are oh, yeah. who are seeking God. They they want to experience God. They're looking for Him. Uh, let's pray that Jesus will reveal Himself to them, and that that they will know the truth. That they will know the way to the Father, the way to God, and and the way to in to have that relationship with Him. Uh, just as you have shared that that hunger that you felt, and I think of. 
millions of other people who yep. right now have that same hunger. I, you know, I've I knocked on the Shia door and that didn't work. So I'm now I'm knocking on the Sufi door and let's see if that works. And so let's just pray that God will reveal Himself to Sufi Muslims this week. Amir, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for having me, and it was my pleasure uh, to be with you here today. If you are just now joining us, you can go to vomradio.net. You can listen to this entire conversation with Amir Bazimju, the founder and president of Torch Ministries. You can also find VOM Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. We are available on all the different podcast services. And I hope you'll be back next week with us. We are going to talk with the leader of VOM's international ministry and uh, talk about 2022. What what is coming? What will change? What will be different? How will VOM continue to minister to our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world? That's up next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.